y'all, it's Jazz, and I'm back with another episode of Lay Hot Pair. So, um, you probably saw from the title of this one that this is kind of a update to a Dating Chronicles, uh, or it's a continuation of that series. I've gotten so many text messages and emails and requests for updates on that on my blog as well. I feel like I haven't done a Dating Chronicles blog post in a while either. So, we're going to start with this podcast episode, and then we'll segue <laughs> into a blog post. Um, But before we get into that, uh, I kind of wanted to do, I guess, kind of a child cheese by myself. Like, is that possible? I really wish Tamari and I would have recorded like the child cheese together so I could like drop that in, but we didn't. So we'll have to do that so I can drop that into like this pop culture segment. Um, So I think last weekend, if I'm not mistaken, not this past weekend, weekend before that, um, Tyler Perry dropped... (laughs) uh, a movie on Netflix and like he inked a deal with Netflix and um, dropped this movie on there called A Fall From Grace. Now I've talked about Tyler Perry before. I've talked about um, how I support him because he supports black people. Like Tyler Perry is one of those people who's I'm rooting for everybody black. He hires up and coming black uh, actors. He typically has a pretty inclusive writer um, and I mean, he just has a very diverse team with them. It's not a lot of people, but it's a diverse team. I guess he's, I don't know. Anyway, um, he dropped this movie on Netflix with an amazing cast. Uh, Felicia Rashad is in it. Cicely Tyson's in it. Makai Brooks is in it. Um, and I watched it. And while it, I have mixed feelings. Um, Tyler has been recently known for at least his more serious roles or more serious projects. Uh, He's been known to brag about putting them out or like filming them in a short amount of time and not having a writer's room and not having, and it shows. Um, So this movie we found out from an interview with the three main uh, cast members. The movie was shot in five days. Um, we, I mean, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. That is phenomenal if everybody has their stuff together. And it seems like, I can't say that they did, but I mean, there have been other directors who have done that. So it's not completely uncommon. There have definitely been other directors who have done that. Um, Clint Eastwood is known for doing, uh, for being one take. Um, so it's not uncommon if you have all your ducks in a row. I don't know if that was the case for Fall From Grace. Um, the plot was somewhat believable. I mean, it kind of mirrored along the lines of a Hallmark and Lifetime movie, which I love. Um, which is why I really wanted to like this. Cause I was like, Oh, it's going to be a black Hallmark and lifetime movie. It'll work. Um, there were some inconsistencies, but it wasn't his worst project. Like I am not embarrassed, but kind of embarrassed to say this. I went and saw acrimony in theaters. Um, and I went and saw it with a friend because we wanted to support Tyler Perry and we wanted to support Taraji and, that one was another one where it was like, the plot looks like it could be really good. And it just, 
It just wasn't there. So, like I said, um, I'm not the biggest Medea fan. I'm happy that Tyler was able to introduce Medea to the masses. But Medea is a character that, I mean, I see in my family, whether it's an aunt, whether it's a grandma, like Medea is, I didn't need to go to the movies to get the feeling of Medea. Um, so I don't feel like he made that necessarily for, I wasn't his target audience for that. And I feel like that's, that, that's the case for a lot of his projects. I don't think I'm his target audience. So it doesn't just, it doesn't hit with me. Um, so like I said, Fall From Grace was not his best project. Uh, there was some inconsistencies, like people blatantly reading their scripts on camera, um, like the judge or the text message that was a screenshot, uh, that came across like in her, um, on her phone, all she had to do was tap it and you could tell that it wasn't a picture. Um, there was the guy in the background who was eating air and drinking air and gulping like from his cup, gulping air. Um, the wigs were terrible, but in a lot of Tyler Perry projects, the wigs are absolutely terrible. And apparently he made a statement recently that he just didn't have time to waste with um, hair and makeup. And I, I feel like you could give, there are people who do 15, 20, 30 minute wig installations. And he could have hired somebody who did a 15, 20, 30 minute wig installation. Because that wig that he rocked in this movie is the same wig that he was rocking in movies that he put out. 10, 12 years ago, um, i.e. the family that prays. So speaking of that, in my opinion, family that prays was his best project, serious role, at least. Um, it was really, I mean, all around good cast, great plot, well executed. Um, then he did another one was I can do better by myself. Um, kinda, cause that one was kind of tropey. Um, Daddy's Girls was another one that was kind of tropey, but it was a good cast. I mean, and then it just, I don't know, like they, he does some really good ones. And then it's like really black women are relying on black men. I mean, I mean, it's not necessarily black women are relying on black men, but like the savior complex. I feel like that's the case in a lot of um, his movies from like the 2010s, 2015s, around that time. So um, anyway. I'm happy that he has Tyler Perry, Studi Tyler Perry Studios and that he has this huge place to produce and make art. I just hope the art gets better. Um, yeah, I hope the art gets better. So another thing, the Grammys were yesterday because I'm typing this on Monday the 27th. Uh, and I found out that Lizzo won, because I didn't watch it. <laughs> I didn't watch the Grammys. Um, it's been a while since I've just sat down and watched like an entire uh, taping of, or like an entire airing of an award show. Because one, they go on forever. Um, a lot of times they don't have enough performances or they don't have the performance that I necessarily want to see. Um, and I haven't seen... I haven't seen any, I don't think I've seen any of the, I've seen clips, but I haven't seen any of the full performances from the Grammy. So I'm going to watch that, um, probably today or tomorrow, try and find some, but Lizzo won three Grammys, which she should have because she's doing amazing. Jake Cole won his first Grammy. 
uh, off of a lot, which shocked me because J. Cole is like, not only is he one of my favorite rappers, he's probably one of the best rappers we have out now. And I don't say that like lightheartedly. Um, J. Cole is a conscious rapper. Like he, and he's authentic. He, uh, and that's something that you don't see a lot now, which shocks me because you would think that it would be more widespread, but it's not. Um, so like him, Kendrick Lamar, Aubrey or Drake, um, I expect to see them with Grammys regularly because they have, well, they have consistently good music. So the fact that it took, I mean, that they completely missed over 2014's Forest Hill Drives and, um, oh gosh, what was the album with In the Morning and Workout and that missed me? Like he's had consistently good, Born Center was a great album, like consistently good albums and consistently good singles and he won off of a feature. So I don't know. Anyway, congratulations to the winners. Um, I heard Alicia did a, a better job than she had done on previous Grammys, so that's good. Um, and shout out to the winners. Um, so, yeah. So, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. Um, like I said, people have reached out to me and they were like, hey, what's going on? Not necessarily what's going on in, in my dating life, <laughs> though I've gotten that question too. Um, but I have gotten questions about an updated like dating chronicles episode and pod, uh, blog post. So I came across this Instagram post. I think it was sent to me. It might've been sent to me. Cause I don't know if I was following them at the time, but, uh, this was definitely sent to me. It's black girl things on uh, and black girl, uh, girl, the eye is missing from girl. So B L A C K G R L t-h-i-n-g-s on instagram they um they did like a do's and don'ts of dating for women and men so of course this is in a heteronormative relationship like it's that's what they're speaking from so their do's they have six do's and six don'ts so i'm gonna run them down and then give my opinions on them because that's obviously what you came to this episode for right so their do First one is try to be on time or send an ETA if you'll be late, if you'll be a little late. Nobody's about to wait for for you forever. Um, I agree with that 100%. Not only do I agree with that 100% in dating, I think it's a great kind of mantra to take with you throughout the rest of your life. Like, try to be on time. CPT is not something that you should be living by um, because people's time is precious and it's valuable. So I have a very hard time with dealing with people in tardiness. Um, it actually like will affect our relationship. Like there are people in my life who I know who are habitually late and I will oftentimes like tweak start times for them. Like I'll tell them something starts an hour or an hour and a half earlier than it actually does just to make sure that they'll be there on time. And it's not cute. Like, it's it's really disrespectful of people's time for you to be late like that. Um, so let someone know if you're going to be late. 
um, the second one is share your location with a close friend or relative. So that one I also agree with, especially if it's like a first date or like you're newly dating this person. Um, I feel like once you are in an exclusive relationship with them, I mean, you can, you can continue to share your location with friends and family. That's fine. Um, but definitely for your first few dates, share your location. So what I do is I'll share my location with one of my group chats and I'll do it. I think you can, uh, Apple has where you can share for an hour, share it for a day, share it indefinitely or whatever like that. So I'll do like the middle one where you like share it for a day or you can tell it when you want it to turn off. And that way, and I let my girls know, Hey, I'm going to check in with you guys in X amount of hours. So in an hour, two hours, whatever like that. If you don't hear from me, text me. Um, and if I don't respond within, they know, like within a certain time frame, you have my location. So if something happens, you have my location and you can send someone, whether it's my parent, like whether it's my dad who will throw down, um, or whether it's the authorities or something like that, you can do that. Um, and then what's also really dope now is there's an app called Noonlight. Uh, let me make sure I'm spelling it correctly. Yeah, Noonlight, N-O-O-N-L-I-G-H-T, uh, called Noonlight. And it's essentially, it's an app where you, um, if you're ever feeling uncomfortable or unsafe, you can open the app and it's kind of like a, you hold your finger on the screen and when you release your finger, um, it'll prompt you to enter in a pin code. Like you set a pin code to let it, to deactivate the alarm essentially. So it's an alarm app. Um, and when you, if you're feeling uncomfortable or feeling unsafe in a situation, you open the app, set your finger, put your finger on the screen. Um, if by chance you remove your finger, you have, I think 10 seconds or so to put in your pin to let the, cause there are real, real time people are monitoring this. So, you're letting you're letting the command center know you're okay. Um, if you don't, they immediately send authorities out to you. So there are police and fire department. Like there are people who are being notified of your location. So uh, one of my friends actually told me about that, and I downloaded it. Um, and I use it to I share my rides with it. So I ride share exclusively now, and I mean for a while. But um, I love the fact that I can share my ride with noonlight on uber and lyft and they're tracking my ride for me like noonlight is actually integrated in uber so that's pretty dope like when i book my rides it's like would you like to share your ride with noonlight yes i would so (laughs) if something were to happen um not only does uber have my location but noonlight has my location and they're able to dispatch authorities immediately so that's pretty dope um so yes please 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 share your location with loved ones uh if especially if you're early date if this is the early stage of your dating uh number three is take your own car these men are crazy or come yourself so like since i have ride share i will often meet guys at at the location um and it is what it is like i'm not going to unless i feel 100 percent comfortable with you i'm not going to jump in your car with you i feel like that one's pretty straightforward uh, dress for the occasion. He sees those ankles shaking in, in those heels, sis. That's number four. So, yes, that's another one that I that I actually agree with. Um, I don't wear heels often. I, like, I think I own 
maybe two pairs of heels and those come out on occasion i have wedges and i have flats and i have like chucks and a few pairs of sneakers and that's it i'm going to be authentically me and i think that's what this one is truly hinting at be you um definitely give a not a better version of you but it's okay to dress up but make sure that you are you you don't want to be putting on the front and be walking around like a deer because you can't walk in heels that you can't wear uh, number five is have a positive upbeat attitude being stank isn't cute boo i mean that's i feel like that's also a given uh, don't be fake but don't be stank if that makes sense you don't have to so I often tell people um it gets to the point it well if it gets to the point that i have to use a us and i call this my sorority voice which is really bad um but you know the one i'm talking like if you've seen legally blonde or if you've been um to like a big school that has a lot of sororities you know the voice and it's like this and blah 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 and uh, 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 na, 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 na. and if it gets to the point that i have to use that tongue with you that's not good because that means that i'm either frustrated to the point that i feel like if i talk to you in my normal tone i'm gonna yell at you or i'm over it so um don't do that so don't you don't have to put on a sorority voice but don't be stank and then the last one is leave immediately and delete his number if he tries to go Dutch. So that one I am on the fence about. Um, I definitely talked about this a little bit. I think on the first Dating Chronicles episode that I did with um, me and Tavaria and Reese and um, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm drawing like and I feel so bad um his name is otis so it was me tavaria otis and reese we were on that episode together um and i brought up like a time where this guy we went dutch without realizing well he like said we were going dutch before we discussed it um and of course i mean i was always taught not to go anywhere unless i have money to pay for myself um, so I was definitely shocked that that was happening then. And like I said, I will reach, I will definitely reach and I'm fully prepared to pay for myself. But I also believe that the invitor should be the one who would at least pays for the first date. So if I'm asking a guy out, I'm fully prepared to pay for our date. If he pays great. Um, but if I'm asking a guy out, I'm fully prepared to pay for our date. Um, the, all this, the guy has to pay for the first date or the guy has to pay for all the dates, whatever like that. I don't necessarily believe that. Um, and I think that it's one of those, what works for your relationship works for y'all. Like there isn't a one size fit all when it comes to that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that there are a lot of women out there who definitely believe that in a heteronormative situation, guys should pay for everything. And I mean, if it works for them, that works for them. That's not necessarily my beliefs. So let's get into the don'ts. The first don't is don't overshare or bash past relationships on the first date. He's not your therapist. So that's a whole word. Um, I 
know that a lot of people will get asked, so what happened in the past? Why are you still single? When was your last relationship? Blah, blah, blah. And it's okay to give some details, but I mean, they're right. Your date is not your therapist, so you don't have to throw everything on their lap because not everybody is able to handle that emotionally at that time. And I mean, you don't necessarily want to bash people because you don't necessarily want to have people bash other people to you. Like the last thing I want to hear on the date is a guy go on and on about his ex, um, whether it's good or bad. I mean, if it's good, great. I'm happy you guys were able to have those great memories together. And that's something you're able to cherish. If it's bad, I really hope that you let, not let it go, but I really hope that you work through it by now. Um, and if you hadn't, if it's too soon for you to work through it, it might be too soon for you to be on a date. So that's how I see that as. The second one is don't start planning your future with him after one date. You don't know him. Stop. So I don't know about y'all, but when I was younger, like high school, middle school, whatever, whenever I liked a guy and I am definitely showing my age cause I don't know if kids still do this anymore. Um, I, and a lot of girls did this. I was not the only one. I used to, <laughs> and I'm low-key embarrassed. Um, I used to not necessarily practice my signature. <laughs> Sometimes I did if I really had a crush on him. Um, but I definitely see what my first name and his last name would sound like. See if it would like roll together. And that was like my version of planning our <laughs> future together. And that's not something I do anymore. Um, and I hope that people out there are not doing that, especially with people you don't know. Um, but yeah, don't don't project things onto them. Don't project marriage or kids or anything like that onto them after one date or whatever like that. You don't know them. Uh, and oftentimes if you are putting them up on a pedestal like that and they misstep or they misstep in your eyes because they don't know what you're projecting onto them, you get upset, but it's not their fault because they don't know what you're projecting onto them. Um, so the third don't is don't plan the date. Allow him to be a man and take the lead. So that one I also kind of disagree with. Um, I don't mind asking a guy out. I also don't mind planning dates. Uh, now, I it's been a very long time since I've planned anything like super extravagant. I typically only do that like when I'm inside of an exclusive relationship, like a monogamous relationship. Uh, but I don't mind like asking a guy out for coffee or asking him out to a concert or whatever like that. And that is actually planning the date. So if I say, Hey, do you want to go to this Wally concert with me? Um, I'll meet you at house of blues. Or do you want to go to this concert with me? We can meet at Guadalajara downstairs and da, da, da. that's planning the date. So I don't mind doing that. But like I said, I know that there are girls out there who will not do that. So I think it's one of those definitely gauge the situation, see what you're comfortable with and do what works for y'all, but don't just like count it out because of some antiquated heteronormative rule. Uh, the fourth one is don't offer to pay your half on the first date. Let him court you. So this kind of goes back to what I was saying previously. Um, I don't mind paying. And in fact, I'll reach. But I'll reach like I'm not going to be like, oh, I got this or whatever like that unless I asked him out. If I asked him out, I will definitely be like, hey, I got it. And if he says, no, I'm paying. OK, that's fine. But I will definitely reach because I feel like it's you make the effort, right? You got to make the effort. Um, 
So the thing, the fifth one is, so this one's kind of weird. It was phrased weird. So it says, I'm reading it as don't let him talk, but you're, it's, I think it says you should let him talk. So it says, let him talk. You should know a few things about him by the end of the date. So traditionally, women are very verbose. Like we will get up there and tell, not our life story, but we will get up there and talk the entire, most times. We'll get up there and talk the entire date, the entire situation, and it's hard to let a guy in, uh, get a word, get a word in like edgewise. Um, don't do that. Like, it should be, there should be some back and forth. There should definitely be some back and forth <laughs> in this situation. You should know more about him than the color of his eyes, the color of the shirt he's wearing, the color of the pants, and what kind of car he drives, um, or doesn't drive by the end of the date. So, um, yeah, ask questions. Like, that's really... I know a lot of times guys will typically be the ones to ask questions, but I feel like we it, it should be like a volleyball back and forth. You should be asking questions to them as well. And then listen, like actively listen and ask questions about their answers. You know, that's a thing. And then the last one is don't play on your phone the entire date. The group chat can wait. So, you know, how I mentioned earlier that I check in with my girls on a group chat, like in a set amount of time. I will excuse myself. I'll either excuse myself and go to the restroom or um, I'll say, hey, you know what? Let me, I'll let them know, I'll be honest. Hey, you know what? Let me check in real quick. And let my girls know I'm doing okay or whoever. Um, I'll be honest. But I, for the most part, my phone is either in my purse, in my purse or in my pocket. So um, I say that and I know I'm also speaking from a place of privilege because I also have on my Apple watch. So, (laughs) um, if text messages come through or phone calls come through, I get notified on my wrist. And if I need to step away, then I can step away. Then I know not everybody has, then I know not everyone gets notifications, um, to their watch or like if they have a, um, Android, whatever, I forgot. I don't know what those are called. Um, or Fitbit. I know Fitbits, some Fitbits get, you get notifications on your, on those. Um, so I do know that I'm not truly disconnecting by not having my phone on the table, (laughs) but, um, I do try to make sure that my focus is primarily on my date. So, and I, I encourage everyone to do the same. Put your phone away, especially if you, if especially, especially if you get notifications on your um, watch or your fitness tracker. Put your phone away. If something is happening and you need to be, uh, you'll you'll get the notification on your wrist. Um, so yeah, I thought that was great. I thought for the most part, I thought these were really good tips, uh, and I I knew I wanted to share them with you guys. And like I said, I'll definitely expound. A little bit more on the blog post and that'll be either coming this week or next week so be on the lookout for that um and yeah so before I wrap up this week's episode because it is definitely longer than I thought it was going to be um I would not be able to I, I, I mean I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge um the passing of Kobe Bryant his daughter Gianna and the other people who died in the helicopter crash. So, like I said, I am taping this episode on Monday, the 27th. Um, the crash happened yesterday, the 26th. And um, it was one of those moments, like when it happened, I found out about it in, in a group chat. 
Um, and it was one of those moments we hadn't, it wasn't confirmed by CNN or any like major news source yet. Um, so people weren't sure and they didn't want it to be real. So uh, a lot of news trickled in, some news trickled in that Rick Fox was amongst one of the victims uh, in the, or he was one of the victims in the crash and that wasn't true. Um, but when we finally got the, not final count, but when we got the final word of who all was in the crash and what all had happened, the world was stunned. Like Kobe, it's really weird when people of esteem pass away, especially people that you admire. Like you didn't necessarily, you didn't know him personally because Kobe Bryant wasn't someone that a lot of people, at least a lot of people that I associate with, they don't know him personally, but he was someone that they admired and he was someone that we'd watched grow up before our eyes. Like Kobe entered the NBA in 96. I mean, I was still in elementary school, but we knew, I knew of Kobe Bryant. Um, I remember when he took Brandy to the prom. Uh, I rem- like, I remember major key points of his career and like watching him grow up before our eyes. And he was so young, but the influence that Kobe had on not just the NBA and the players that he played with and um, the other celebrities that he, that he was with or whatever like that. He had an influence on everybody. Like Kobe is the reason why people still shoot like paper balls into trash cans or just like make a shot here. And if they think they're going to make it, they say Kobe, like it's, it's, it's little stuff like that mama mentality. It's <sighs> he'll be missed. The impact that he had on the world, um, the forty-one years of his life, the past twenty-five, twenty-four, twenty-five years that we had with him, uh, or that we not had with him, but that we knew of him, um, it wasn't enough. But at the same time, it kind of was. Um, we don't know when our last days are. And I always tell people, tell people that I tell the ones that I love, I tell them I love them. When we get off the phone, when I'm finished, I mean, if I'm talking to somebody, if I'm FaceTiming them, if I'm talking to them on the phone, if, if I love you, you know that I love you. And that's something that I've been doing since my mom passed. Um, because you don't know when your last days are and you want to make sure that the people who you do love know that you love them. Um, So my heart goes out to his wife, to his children, to the rest of his family, to the family members and loved ones of the other people who were lost in the helicopter crash. Um, It was really hard to, like, I wanted to step away from social media yesterday because everyone was grieving. So there was no escape. Um, everywhere I turned on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, they were sharing pictures and memories of him, how he impacted them. Everyone was doing this, sharing pictures of, um, him and his daughter, how, how his career impacted their lives, how his drive impacted their lives, how his philanthropic efforts impact impacted their lives. Um, because Kobe was larger than life. It, it felt like it. And that's the case when, when any one of esteem that we truly admire when Prince passed it felt like like you were larger than life um when 
Representative Reggie Cummings passed. It felt like you were larger. Like it feels when you think about all they have accomplished in their short time here on earth, they feel larger than life. And so it's you're we're grieving and we're truly grieving and we're mourning because we've all lost somebody. Um, so I encourage you, please take your time, grieve, mourn, cry. Scream in frustration if you need to. Um, your grief matters. Like, it's it's okay to mourn. And it's okay to mourn somebody you don't know personally. Because they still made an impact on your life. Um, T.I., I don't know if he said this or if he just reposted this. But I saw this floating by. But I saw something from his Instagram account that kind of like resonated with me. The gist of it was um, going out and coming home is is truly a a blessing. Like coming back home alive is truly a blessing. And I feel like that's something that we don't, I mean, I feel like that's something that's often taken for granted. Like we assume that just because we left the house that day, we're going to make it back home in one piece. So we're going to make it back home alive. And that's, that's not always the case. Like, Kobe and his daughter and those nine people, they were on their way to basketball practice. <laughs> and they didn't, I mean, they one, they didn't make it there. So they didn't make it home. Um, so cherish every day. No day is promised. Love on your loved ones. Take the time to grieve. And um, if you need to take a day for yourself this week, do it. I mean, you should be taking a day for yourself every week or taking some time that's not necessarily a whole day especially if your schedule doesn't permit but you should be taking some time for yourself every week period so if your time that you take for yourself this week includes grieving do it if you need to step away from social media because there are too many triggers do it that's okay that's okay um i know this podcast episode got really heavy at the end and um i hope you guys enjoyed it if they if you have any um kind of like circling back to the meat and potatoes of it if you have any dating do's or don'ts that you want to talk about please feel free to email dm um you know the drill reach out to me let me know i'd love to have you on if you have an um opposite view of these you guys know i love having like healthy conversations and healthy debates about stuff like this so let me know if you want to do that Uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and make it a great one y'all bye